Hi, folks. It's Voss here from the com. The Chris Show.com. Hey, welcome to the podcast, guys. We certainly appreciate you guys tuning in. Be sure to refer the show to your friends and relatives. Tell them to subscribe to the Chris Voss Show. Dot com. You can go there and see all the really cool stuff that we have. Uh, you can also go to YouTube at Chris Voss. Um, well, it's youtube.com forward slash Chris Voss. Um, and of course, you can find me anywhere on the internet on uh, at Chris Voss usually. So um, take and uh, if you have some comments or some ideas or things you want to say to the show, maybe questions you want to ask, go to Twitter at, at Chris Voss and send me a message or send me what your thoughts are. And uh, we'll see what you think and take it from there. Uh, so uh, today, uh, this is one of the things that I, I've been doing this thing lately, uh, if you haven't noticed, where I've been going to like LinkedIn, kind of pulling, uh, seeing, you know, kind of cruising some of the topics on LinkedIn, some of the business aspects, topics, and finding one that kind of I think I can riff on for the day and then giving you guys a little entrepreneur lesson from my experience of being a serial entrepreneur all my life. So today, we're going to talk about how to deal with the loneliness of being a entrepreneur. Now, uh, most people that are entrepreneurs are small entrepreneurs. They're people either working out of their homes or small offices. Uh, maybe you're a speaker, consultant. Um, you know, most people don't have large companies, and I've I've had both. I've had everything up to 100 employees uh, underneath me that I've got to babysit, and I've had um, well, actually, with Cincinnati Bell when I work with them, it was up to 800 at any given time. So um, I've had the experience of uh, of doing both, of where you work in an office and you go there and it actually uh, kind of becomes kind of your social thing as well. Um, but then I've also, the hardest thing I think for me to transition was we had our large companies and my business partner left. Um, and, uh, and I realized that once he left, I'm like, Wow, man, I saved so much money. I had no idea what a drain he was. And I saved so much money that I'm like, I can still, I can start working at home and I can actually go, uh, move my house from Utah to Vegas, and which is what I did. And, uh, it was one of those things where, Suddenly, I was alone. I was used to having a business partner for 13 years, and he was also my best friend, so that created some uh, challenges when uh, he moved on. Uh, he kind of quit the company one day. He was sick of being an entrepreneur and, I guess, sick of making lots of money, and he quit thinking he could just get a job someplace else, and they'd just be like, oh, yeah, we'll pay you that amount of money. Uh, it doesn't work that way, kids, and he found that out the hard way. So... Um, what I uh, I had a hard time because suddenly I lost my best friend and I lost my business partner. And the other challenge for me is I'm not married. Uh, I was I think I was engaged twice, uh, but I just I just can't afford it. I you know until I can get up to the trillion dollar level, I can't afford it. So good for you folks who can handle it. Um, and so. Uh, and I don't have any kids either. So it's pretty isolated for me to work as an entrepreneur and it can get kind of lonely. Your mental health can get challenged and everything else. So let's talk about the whole aspect of staying healthy, staying mentally healthy, staying fit, keeping your uh, mind and uh, things uh, broad while you're being an entrepreneur. It certainly is hard to work at home if you work at home as an entrepreneur like I do these days. Uh, you know, you've got virtual assistants around the world and, and, uh, and all that stuff. You've got, you know, your access to your online social community, maybe your Facebook page or your mastermind group and clients, things of that nature. But it's actually kind of lonely. 
when you spend time, you're just kind of in your house alone, sitting in your pajamas, and and uh, sometimes you get looking at yourself, and you're like, this is kind of sad. <laughs> you know, I'm not getting in a suit, going to the thing, and everything else. So let's talk about a few things that are really important. First off, I want to start with mental health. We're gonna we're gonna talk about a few different things here. We're gonna talk about mental health. We're gonna talk about how to keep from being lonely. And we're going to talk about how to big build a virtual board of directors, which is the way I resolved the issues that I was having with uh, losing my partner, my best friend, and my business partner, I should mention, and um, um, and what it was like to suddenly be left alone in charge of everything. Now, I'd always been the CEO, so I'd always been in charge of everything, so I had no problem with, with that part of the aspect of the job, but... Um, Let's talk about mental health and being an entrepreneur. I mean, that's a big thing. So whether even and, and this is going to address some things that even if you're a um, uh, a person who has a large company or semi large or you know something more than just you're not working at the house every day, this is going to be something that uh, will help you. And I'm going to tell you my personal journey. I'm going to be real honest. I don't think I've ever really told this whole story to anyone. I don't think anyone really cared. <laughs> Maybe you don't either. Uh, but I'm going to tell it to you anyway because I have you as a captive audience that or for shit during the channel, but one of the two. So one of the things I did is I built one of our one of my first successful companies, not my first company, but my first successful company that just got turned into a multi-million dollar company. We built the company with a lot of sweat equity so that we could go profitable. I think it was profitable within the first three months. And the beautiful thing about Going into a company that's low capital output investment uh, is, is if you run it right, you can go profitable very quickly. And the beautiful part is you can reinvest those profits and you're not um, maintaining debt or servicing debt as you would, you know, you know if you took out a home equity line to start your business, you know, right away, you're going to have to start making payments in 30 days on that baby. So, uh, you've got a, that gun to your head and it's also eating the profits that you're making. So the beautiful part about having a low, uh, investment or a sweat equity sort of business is you can start it and, and get her done. So that's what we did. We started our first company. Excuse me, my apologies. This is the second podcast where I've got the Yannis. Um, so what we did is we uh, started this company, and it went gangbusters, boom. Uh, did all the marketing right. It rock and roll. Uh, about a year and a half later, I was. it was a blue-collar business. We were doing uh, deliveries, basically competing with UPS, FedEx, and, and uh, other local delivery services. And... One of the things that we uh, uh, I wanted to do was get into the white uh, blue uh, the white collar business, not blue collar, because labor is just too uh, work intensive for me, and I'm lazy, and I like white collar because there's usually more money in it technically. Um, so I started a mortgage company, and when I started the mortgage company a year and a half uh, into the other company, uh, it got very very challenging for me. Um, uh, and I, I had always had ADHD. That's one of the CO diseases out there, the, uh, attention deficit disorder. Um, I'd always had that all my life. Um, and it went to the next level. The pressure on me was, uh, unbearable. And I started, uh, having anxiety fits on a daily basis. And sometimes I would destroy office equipment. I'd freak out, destroy a desk. 
I, I would usually get very violent. And usually it was not, it wasn't the people. It was just to like inanimate objects, like a computer would work. And usually the things that would really trigger me was stuff that should work from a mechanical logical sense, like a printer. And somehow it's just being a total ass. And I would start to get, uh, uh, anxious and get pissed off. And then I'd destroy the printer. Uh, um, and then we go buy a new one, which wasn't very productive when you think about it, but I was stretched to my limit. So, I would say that one of the most important things to do is if you're a serial entrepreneur of any size or company, whether you think you're having problems or not, you might want to check into a psychologist on a regular basis or talk to your friends around you and say, hey, how am I doing? Am I doing okay health-wise? Is Am I handling stuff? Am I handling the stress well? Is it getting to me? So it reached a point where I was starting to pick fights with people like real fights. Um, like I was just being a prick. Um, and then I started thinking about how maybe I want to start keeping a gun in the car and, uh, under the seat. And I, it's the, I st- it just went into full blow paranoia and ADHD and anxiety. I would have these anxiety attacks that would literally shut me down. I'd have to go to sleep. My chest would just seize up and my stomach would seize up and, I was having severe problems and I was, it was just the pressure of starting a second company of doing everything, the sweat equity part of it. We didn't have enough money to hire, you know, outside help. And, uh, yeah, I, it just became a huge collapse. And I mean, I was seriously like, there's people that go to the ER for a panic attack. That was like every day for me. I was like normal. And I just nap it off and then I'd wake up and do it again. And I was working so hard back then. I was literally living out of our office. Um, and at one point I told, uh, my business partner, I said, you know, there's really no point for me to go home anymore. The only reason for me to go home is the shower and change clothes. We might as well install a shower, at this fucking office and I'll just start living here. Um, I would, co- <laughs> my employees would come in, uh, in the morning and I'd be asleep on the couch, which is not, you know, the coolest way to run your office, but you know, we're a small little company trying to make it work and we did turn into a multi-million dollar company in the end and it was a great story overall um but we certainly were paying the price for at least i was my vice president was just like well i'm glad you have to deal with that um so once i started having this mindset of we need i need to start keeping a gun in the car and i need to get a gun i kind of a bulb went on and went okay you need some fucking help okay this isn't cool Getting a gun is not going to make things better. In fact, it's probably going to complicate shit because you're being an asshole. Uh, I was being an asshole on the freeway, flipping people off and and uh, yelling and screaming at people. I mean, I, I totally was like, I was fucking losing it. So I went in. So I decided, okay, gun's not the right way to go. Um, let's go see a psychiatrist. So fortunately, I went and saw a psychiatrist and I hit a home run out of the park. I got a good guy. And he goes, he was explaining to me what's going on. He diagnosed me and he goes, wow, you're really ADHD. Uh, you likely had two parents that were obsessive compulsive ADHD. Uh, most people have one, but from what I can tell and what you've told me, you really, uh, <laughs> had a huge amount of ADHD. And this is one of the problems of being an entrepreneur and being a, um, 
a uh, CEO. It's you know it's what this is why they call it the CEO disease because it drives us like motherfuckers. But it's it's not healthy uh, sometimes. And you think that you're being I'll get into this in a second, but you think they're being affected, but you're not. So. Uh, actually, actually, let me change the story up. So, uh, I lied. I skipped a part. So let me go back to that. Um, old age things are going. So what happened to me is one day I was having a panic attack and somehow I convinced myself that I probably was having a brain aneurysm or brain cancer for a long period of time, which I don't think you have a brain aneurysm for a long period of time. But I, I was like, I must have brain cancer because my brain would hurt, just pulsate from the anxiety attacks in my chest and my stomach would seize up. Just It was like someone took my uh, stomach and turned it into a tourniquet. Um, and so one day I said, fuck it. I was just I was just suffering so bad. And I went into care and I go, I go, I don't know what's wrong with me. My hit, You know, I explained the whole thing to him. So they ran a couple tests and the cow comes back and she goes, she goes, uh, well, I think I know what it is. And I'm like, what? And she goes, uh, she goes, you have anxiety. And I go, uh, yeah, I have anxiety. I also have some fear and I have happiness and I have love. And what the fuck? I have anxiety. Now, I never heard about anxiety or mental health or any of that sort of good stuff, which is all the more reason if you're an entrepreneur, you may want to educate yourself a little bit, like maybe warning signs of stress for entrepreneurs or something of that nature. So she nicely put up with my bullshit and explained to me that I was suffering from anxiety. They gave me these uh, these elephant tranquilizers that had actually calmed me down to normal. That's how jacked up I was. Um, by the end of the nine months, as I'd weaned myself off of these tranquilizers, um, uh, a, a third of one would put me to sleep, uh, whereas I was taking two... And that was just bringing me back out of the stratosphere into the normal world. And I can actually think for a second to be calm. Um, and then there was, uh, I think they put me on Zoloft, I think if it was correctly. So she says, here, take a few of these home, uh, try them out, see how they work for you. And then uh, here's some doctors you can go talk to, but you need to go see a mental health specialist. And I was like, fuck you, you're stupid. I don't, you're, I don't, you, whatever, man. So I was like, but I was in such misery just every day. It was this, this, this horrible episode that was just my, my partners would watch it. People around me watch it. Employees would watch me melt down and it wasn't good. It was not healthy. And, uh, so I went and saw a psychiatrist and I sat down with him and I, my whole attitude at the time was like, yeah, whatever, man. And, uh, but you know, it was either that or put the gun in the car and I knew the gun in the car the way I was, I'd probably end up shooting somebody in or shooting myself and, you know, God knows where that would have ended up. There, there are certain points in your life where you got to kind of look at them when they present themselves and you kind of got to do a double check and go, mm, what path does this lead us down and is this the right way to go? And, uh, so I took and I talked to the, um, psychiatrist. He determined I've had really bad ADHD. Uh, he said, well, he said, well, I got to tell you the the tranquilizers you're on are pretty highly addictive and they're pretty jacked up. But if you're, from what you're telling me, if you take those and you're coming back to normal, you're pretty up in the stratosphere with your ADHD. And he goes, we're just going to keep on the Zoloft. He goes, but we have to dial it in to where we can find the right uh, dosage for you because 
the shit doesn't work until they hit the right dosage. So it took them about a month. I think every two weeks they had to upgrade the dosage. I think about 200 is where I ended up at. And he goes, and I remember he used to tell me, he goes, you'll know when, when it kicks in and works for the first time. I was like, yeah, 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 whatever, buddy, man. You and your like little pills, you have fun with that. But I'll play your game because it's either that or else I go buy a gun. And um, so I'll never forget the moment. I'll never forget exactly where I was at. It's one of those uh, uh, perennial moments in my life where I went, uh, you could call it clear. And for the very first time in God knows probably a decade or two, um, I was able to put down my thoughts, pick them up and everything else. And I was able to stop thinking about anything. And what was funny was I remember meeting with him. He says, you know what? He goes, you know what? The thing about it being OCD and, and ADHD is you think about the same things. He goes, I'll bet you, you think about the same things every day. Like every day at 11, you probably think about X, Y, Z, the same subject. And then at 12, you switch to think about X, Y. And I go, you know, you're full of crap. I don't do that. That sounds stupid. That sounds completely like cyclical recycled thinking. Why would I do that? I went home and started to keep track of it, which he told me to do. Yeah, I was thinking about the same goddamn thing every day at 10 a.m. And then I would think about the same thing at 11 a.m. And I was literally every day repeating. It was like the Groundhog Day of thinking. Every day I was thinking about the same shit at the same different times. It was different stuff, but basically I was going through the library at the same times every day. Like my body, my brain was feeding me the anxiety um, trips at the same time every day and putting me through the same racket, right? So um, so I got on the drugs, uh, and they worked for me. And suddenly, I became a really nice person. And I had I did have to go through what a lot of people struggle with when they first uh, go on antidepressants. Once you get the dosage right, you feel a little sluggish. You feel a little off your edge. You feel... You feel kind of like, and a lot of people go off and because of that, but you feel kind of, you kind of feel slowed down and a lot of people reject it and go, yeah, I don't, this is slowing me down too much. What you have to do is you have to get your body to recalibrate and your body relearns its energy um, and everything else. But what you don't realize is you're so far jacked up, so far jacked up on ADHD and OCD that you, you have no idea what reality is. And so when you come down, you feel like you're slowing down and the, the, the drugs are slowing down, but that's not the case. You're just, you're just so far fucking out there. You're just, you know, you're just rejoining the human race at this point and how the rest of us think. And what I didn't realize was how horribly unproductive that was. And this is where it gets really important. Uh, me thinking about the same thing every day, focusing about the same anxieties, having the same anxiety fit over the same things every day was not productive. Being able to look outside of the box, being able to innovate, being able to think about different things, be able to get on my scotomas and belief systems where I can be like, well, what's a better way to build a widget sort of thing? Or what's a way to build a better business systems as the product moves from A to B through our facilities? Um, these are the sort of things that I uh, needed to think about, but because I was going through the cyclical motion of drama and, and uh anxiety. It was not healthy and I was not being productive. So this is really important if you're an entrepreneur, if you're getting trapped in these things. Um, you know, um, 
So th- this is some real important things. So mental health is real important to you. And I think one or two times over the last uh, 20 years since then, there's been times where my OCD has gotten so bad that I've had to go back and see the doctor. He gives me the pills again, not the, not the tranquilizers because I don't let it get that bad. Uh, but he puts me on the Zoloft and, uh, you know, usually within a very short time, I'm back to thinking like a normal human being. Um, and so this is really important. Monitor your mental health when you're a self-employed person. Um, see how you're doing. If you're feeling stressed, uh, if you're if you're having issues of of anxiety or OCD, ADHD, if you think you're overthinking things, write stuff down. Um, one thing that used to help me at night is I used to sleep. Uh, I used to be awake all night thinking about everything I had to do the next day and worrying about it and thinking how I was going to do it. And 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 what I found was part of that is your brain is trying to remind you of stuff so you don't forget. It's like, hey, man, don't forget to do that tomorrow. Hey, don't don't forget to do that. And it really helps if you write stuff down because then your brain kind of lets you go and goes, okay, that's on paper. He's not going to lose it, so I don't have to sit and harass him about it. So that's really good. But take him on to your uh, mental health. Hopefully you have some pretty good mental health to start with. I'm not sure I did. Um, but some mental health to start with when you start your business, but make sure you monitor your mental health. Uh, one of the things I did used to do through my business was I went through a lot of stress cause we had like three running at the same time and a bunch of ones we were invested in and it got pretty crazy. And so what I would do is every weekend I'd go get a full body massage, a good hour and hour and a half, you know, the kind of deep tissue massage where I fall asleep halfway through it. Basically I just die. And, um, my employees could always tell if I skipped a week because I, I, it got to the point where every week I go get a full body massage at the end of the week and that would clear me out on Saturday. And then I could, you know, have a clear head for Sunday and then get ready for the big game on Monday. And that was really healthy for me. And my employees could tell if I skipped a week because <laughs> I'd be an asshole somewhere in the middle of the week and somebody would be like, you didn't go to your massage this weekend, did you? And I'd be like, you can tell? And like, yeah, we can really fucking tell. So there's that. So you may want to you may want to invest in some of that thing. If you're making some really good money, invest in some self care. Uh taking um taking do day spas. You know, women love day spas. If you're a woman, do day spas. Uh men, I like a good massage. Uh another thing that was healthy for me in the in the this is the beautiful part about being an entrepreneur. Don't be afraid to take vacations. The the worst thing I did for the first bunch of years, I think for eight years of our companies or something, I never took a vacation. I never took a break. Um, yeah, there were every now and then when I take off for a weekend or like a three day weekend, I'd take off and do something. But for the most part, I never really took any vacation time off because that's the problem with being an entrepreneur. It's your life. It's 24 seven and you're going for it, but don't be that person. That was very unhealthy for me to do that. Um, and I gave him my personal life for a lot of the first years of our company too, which was not healthy as well. Um, you've got to have a balance. And I know it's so hard to be like, oh man, I got you know, I got there's so much I got to do. And, and I remember the point owning my own company where it suddenly became where it used to be like it used to be with them when the business is small. I could be like, okay, I I, I got to do this today, and and then once I do that, I'm done. <laughs> and I remember reaching the point where I'm like, it doesn't matter how many hours I stay here, none of it's getting totally complete. Like some of it's going to get complete. But I just have to accept the fact that I can't 
that everything cannot get done today and probably not tomorrow. But it's just, you know, eat the elephant one bite at a time. So, um, and delegate for that matter too. And that's another thing you may want to look at. You may want to look at, um, sometimes if you feel too stressed, you may want to look at, do I need to delegate? There came a time with our companies where, uh, having a vice president to help me wasn't good enough and I needed two executive secretaries. And so, um, I had two executive secretaries to, uh, help me do everything I was. And I think I still wasn't keeping up at that point, but we're trying. Um, but, Take a vacation, take a break, take timeouts, get some perspective. You know, one thing I'm lucky enough is I have my dogs and uh, you probably have kids or something like that, or maybe a spouse or significant other. Um, take time out. And I, I take time out during through the day. I go, I go play with my dogs, take some photos of them to upload to YouTube because they love the Siberian dogs on, on Facebook and stuff. Um, or I'll go out and play with them in the backyard. And sometimes it's just maybe five or 10 minutes, but it gives you that perspective that's so good. One of the most valuable things I found in my business was learning to think outside the box. And I've talked about this on another podcast where I would take uh, small little weekend jaunts and I would have someone else drive and I drive, you know, we drive someplace and, uh, which is much better than flying because it's hard for me to think on a plane because I just, my brain's screaming the whole time like, fuck flying. Um, uh, that or my brain's thinking, bring me more vodka. Uh, I'm going to make all this go away. Um, I really have trouble flying. I probably should see a psychiatrist about that, but I mean, come on. It just, I mean, it is what it is. So, uh, so I used to write down this legal pad of being outside my business and it gave me a perspective of seeing my business from the outside because I wasn't in it all the day long. So here's that. Excuse me. Use that as a way to um, monitor your health and to get outside of your thing and to kind of give a reset button, kind of tune out. Um, do different things, you know, make time for you, basically. Now, keep in mind, I know a lot of people that make the mistake of, well, I, I take time off my business and I go play with my kids and my family or, you know, cook dinner or take care of my husband and or vice versa. And one of the problems with that is is great. But you need some you time. So schedule some me time. Take care of me. Decompress. One of the biggest challenges I had too is you've got to get people around you that understand what you're going through. One of my biggest problems is, and this is probably step two of our conversation here. One of the problems that I had was a lot of people don't realize what our experience is like as an entrepreneur. You know, they have jobs. Um, they they go to job from nine to five and nine times out of 10, when they come home, they punch out. They don't have to think about that fucking job ever again. You on the other hand are living it 24 seven, my friend, dreaming it, eating it, pooping it, peeing it. You are the entrepreneurial tank, if you will. And you can wake up in the middle of the night and be like, oh, let's do that for my business. People that work for somebody else, they don't have to worry about any of that shit. They just, uh, I'm going home. And I'm done, and I'm going to watch TV and do me time. So um, it's really important that your family understands what you're going through, the pressure that you're going through. Um, one of my problems was uh, people that I were either engaged to or dating would completely take me for granted, but they're really good at still spending my money. Um, and then when I and then I would, and then I would uh, try and get them to understand me, you know, they'd tell me I was being an asshole, and we need to go to the oyster bar and probably spend more of my money. 
Um, but you need people around you that can understand you. And it may be that you need to go to a counselor for something like that. Um, but where I'm going to get into some other things here, but here's some ideas and I'm going to pull some of these ideas. Uh, someone wrote a great article on Forbes. So we're going to pull some of this data here from Forbes.com. So just for record, this is not mine. This is actually an article called being an entrepreneur can be lonely. Here's how to overcome it. This is by Tori Utley at Forbes.com. She wrote this thing. Um, do we have a date on this? July 31st, 2017. Being an entrepreneur can get lonely. Here's how to overcome it. And she outlined some steps. So I'm going to share some of these steps with you with her. Um, number one, she uh, put down find an entrepreneurial community. One of the things that I've used over the years is meetup.com. Uh, now, meetup.com is kind of going through a transition. It was bought out by WeWork, and WeWork is struggling to survive. A lot of people left the platform. Um, but uh, see if you can join some entrepreneurial meetup groups in your area. In places like Vegas and California, they're very huge. They're very active. You can go make friends with other entrepreneurs, talk about your experiences and what you do. You can literally hang out with people who are in that space. There are Facebook groups you can join. Uh, where people are entrepreneur based, uh, fortunately on Facebook and my social media, I have a lot of entrepreneurial friends so I can call them up and be like, what's going on in your life? How's the book coming? Oh, yeah. Like, how's your book coming? Oh, yeah. You know, we can kind of share notes on the misery, <laughs> sharing notes on the misery. That's the new shirt. <laughs> I'm releasing my new album, sharing notes on the misery. <laughs> It's a goth album. I don't know, man. It's new age. Sharing notes on the misery. <laughs> the notes of sharing on the misery. All right. So anyway, quit playing with that, Chris. Um, find an entrepreneur community. Another thing is a lot of cities will have like a Lions Club still. I can't believe those are still around. Uh, another good one if you're a speaker uh, that I've had a lot of friends that have used. I've never used them. Um, I'm forgetting who, who's the guy who did think and grow rich. I think it's him. There's a, there's a, um, oh man, the name escapes me what it is, but it's a speaker's bureau and you can find them. They have chapters in almost every city or larger city around the nation. Um, I cannot think of what it is. So if you can, good for you. Um, but just find communities and groups. Um, one of the other things that's real important that I've seen entrepreneurs that I've done over the years is I get another entrepreneurs and I take them to lunch. And we kind of make lunch a regular thing. That's another way to get out of the house. Make lunch a regular thing. And what's beautiful about that is I can go talk about my business. They can talk about their business. We can sit and share notes. Um, sharing notes on the misery. <laughs> the new song by Chris Voss. The title. <laughs> Note sharing the misery. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I find that particularly interesting. Uh sadomasochism what can you say the business of being an entrepreneur that's pretty much what it is the suffrage is real um chris how would you describe entrepreneurism mm, it's the select sharing of notes in the misery the misery the misery is the most important part and i'm getting a ring from somewhere so there's that um that's okay yeah so anyway it's one of those days going on. This is like a long podcast. I should make this part two. 
So um, that's really important. I would say um, meetup.coms, the Rotary Clubs, uh, the Chamber of Commerce usually has a really good thing. You can go to like a breakfast usually once a week and you exchange cards and uh, business leads, things of that nature. Um, but I would make some friends that are other entrepreneurs. Uh, uh, people are other entrepreneurs make really good friends if you can get someone to spend the time that you will to build that relationship. Um and then you can ask some questions. You don't have to pay them for it. It's kind of like doc, when doctors get together, they can be like, hey, did you see that infection last week? They don't have to pay each other for it. You know, doctors, whatever. Another thing uh, she mentions is pri- prioritize your relationships. Um, and uh, basically, you need to balance your entrepreneurial hustle while trying to be friends with everybody. Keep up the relationships you find a value in maintaining long term, and you may need to spend less time with people and acquaintances. Um, this is another you time. You may need to cut back to where you're not partying at clubs all the time and doing whatever, unless you can balance it and uh, you know focus on the most important aspects of your life, especially the people who are supporting you. Number three, she says, start saying no. Um, so, uh, you know, she had, she, she would, uh, looks like she say no to some of the coffee dates she would have or some of the external stuff that weren't really contributing to making her better as, uh, as she could be, uh, work with a mentor. This is good. A lot of people hire a mentor or a coach to kind of help them, give them operational awareness, give them a mental health check-in, uh, give a coach to give a boost, um, I've never been one to really want a coach. If anything, I use my fellow entrepreneur groups as a coach, but this is one way to do that. And remember who you are. Uh, you can lose friendships because of your dedication, to your business. She writes, when this happens, you may question your decisions or focus on your startup. Um, but, uh, you know, in the end, keep a balance. I mean, and, and remember this can get really lonely. Because you're the person where the buck stops, and that can get really low in your your head. Uh, The third part of the series I want to talk about uh, that I did, and this is when I lost my uh, business partner and best friend uh, and kind of some of the other people around me at the time. I kind of lost him, and I lost the girlfriend at the same time, drove away a girlfriend or ran off or told her to hit the highway. We've been engaged for, I think, a year or two, and it just was not working out. And finally, we, we had to make the call ball to uh, do it. I, I tried to make it work, and after two years of being engaged, it just kept getting worse. And I was like, this isn't this isn't something that was going to be working five years from now. So I, I broke up with her, and uh, I kind of was losing everybody in my life at that time. So um, it was really hard mentally and uh, dealing with being alone for the first time. So I came up with something that was very proactive, and this is something I recommend most people that are entrepreneurs should do. Create what I call the virtual board of directors. Virtual board of directors. Uh, now with most of our directors, you have to pay them. You gotta, you know, give them an office to meet in. You gotta give them, you know, articles of corporation and put them in all that bullshit with a virtual board of directors. It's just a virtual board of directors. So what I did is I took, uh, and listed all the entrepreneur friends I had and I called them up and I said, Hey man, I need, uh, people to bounce stuff off of. I need friends to talk to and people that are in my same sort of boat and I need a virtual board of directors. And here's what I'm willing to offer you. If, if, if we can work together as a virtual board of directors and I don't require a lot of your time other than I might call you at night and be like, Hey man, what, here's a problem I have. How do we solve it? And I'm going to give you the same audience. So the same return. So if I call you and 
and Ben your ear, you get the right to call me and Ben Meyer. So you're in my board, virtual board of directors. I'm in yours. We don't pay each other. We just share professional notes. And uh, that's really a great way to go. It's cheaper than hiring coaches um, because you, you're both going through the same experience. You're both entrepreneurs. And you both have got to understand what's going on. And then what's cool is you can run ideas past them. So like you're thinking, I'm thinking about uh, selling this or change the product of this or doing this or doing this innovation inside of our uh, processes. Um, and they can give you advice. And what's nice is you can build this virtual board of, I think I had about five people that I could call up at any given time. And so I'd run through my the numbers, and I'd be like, okay, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? What do you think of this? And I'd hit all five people up. And they would give me their insights. And because they were entrepreneurs, I got really good, solid advice. The problem with being an entrepreneur is asking normal people that have jobs how to do something they just look at you like with the deer in headlights going, what the fuck are you talking about? I understand. Like I go to a job and I get paid. What is your problem? Um, an entrepreneur knows, you know, they have to know all the aspects of the business from front to back. Um, you know, from the entry point to the assembly line to the door. Um, and, uh, you know, just no one knows the experience like other entrepreneurs. So that, that can really, really, really help you out. And one of your, what I advise too on your virtual board of uh, uh, virtual board of directors is if somehow you can get an attorney friend in there without having to pay him, that's fucking money. Because uh, attorneys friends are really nice to have, especially if you don't have to pay him. <laughs> but see, here's the thing: you can give them advice. Maybe you can help them with marketing because they always struggle with anything that isn't law based. So you can help them with marketing or coaching. You know, a lot of attorneys are small time attorneys. They're single solo entrepreneurs as well, so they're dealing with the same sort of issues you are. So um, you can help each other and work together from that aspect. Um, anyway, that's how I did it, and I got to tell you, it was really healthy for me to have a virtual board of directors. Sometimes I could just call them up and be like, hey, man, what's up? You want to go have a coffee? And uh, by having that and then offering it as a reciprocal service uh, just made it all the more better for everyone. So if you can, and it costs virtually fucking nothing. <laughs> That's the beauty of it. Because you've ever seen what a board of directors costs and salaries and or pay or however you're you're compensating those people or giving them stock in your company, whatever the board. Of, okay, this is a whole lot cheaper. So do it that way. Um, and so that's, that's the basic overall picture. And, and, and the final note I'll make that I'll, I'll go back to that I went to before, if you're in a relationship with somebody who doesn't understand the struggle that you're going through as an entrepreneur, um, get some couples help or get, get, you know, some sort of psychological help where you sit down with that person and you, you try and either get them to understand or you have a therapist that helps them understand what you're going through and the mental challenge of it and and the dynamicism of the Olympic sort of uh, thought process you have to take and do. Because it's really hard for people that are entrepreneurs to get it. And it's really hard for them to support us when they don't get it because they don't get it. And they don't understand what all the stress is, the pain and the misery and the and the uh, you know everything that we go through. Uh, they don't understand it at all. And so for a lot of times that just causes conflict and the conflict makes things worse, which doesn't help you. And uh, just you just end up in a sickle shitload of hell. So I would highly recommend that you monitor your relationships. And if people that are very close to you are having trouble and you're having conflicts, go get help. 
And I think that probably can be a theme throughout all this. You know, I started having anxiety attacks, thinking I want to keep a gun in the car. I went and got help. Uh, over the uh, next couple of years, anytime I got to that point, I didn't get to a point where I wanted a gun again, but I got to a point where I could tell, I could understand that I was, I couldn't put my thoughts down anymore. I couldn't control stuff. So I would go get help. Um, I think one of my last girlfriends that I was engaged to, I think I, I wanted to go get help and then she didn't want to because she knew that the doctor was just going to tell her that she was the problem. Um, I think she actually said that, <laughs> that, that was the funny part. Um, and she was a nice person, but you know, it just wasn't working out. You, you try people on sometimes that's what happens. You know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't and doesn't mean they're bad people. But, uh, you know, I'm just, uh, giving you the, some dilemmas that I ran into. So you've got to have somebody who understands what you're going through, who understands what you're building and the vision of it and can support you. And that's really important. Even maybe if they don't understand it, they just can support you and realize that you're doing probably one of the most toughest jobs on the planet being an entrepreneur. So anyway, guys, that's my advice. Uh, monitor your mental health. Okay. If you, if you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you feel you want to break, if you're feeling like you want to murder people, like you want to throw uh, office things against the wall, or you are throwing office things against the wall, get some help, please. Um, and 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 one of the foul, one of the problems we run into as entrepreneurs, we go, I don't have the time for that. I don't have the time for an hour to go see it. You do, you do. It it might be the most important hour you'll ever get or spend, and. I, I and I, I and here's the whole thing that I would wrap on too. This just came to me. The most important asset that you have in being an entrepreneur is not your office, it's not your phone, it's not your web page. It's you. You got to take care of you. And especially if you reach a point as a successful entrepreneur, where you have a lot of employees. You kind of start realizing. You know, I, I've I've had enough employees where you're signing half a stack of paychecks every other Friday, and you kind of start to realize that. If anything happens to you, a lot of people are going to lose their jobs and probably lose their income and probably have an impact on them, which kind of gets a little freaky after a while because you're like, holy crap, if anything happens to me, I'm fucking screwed and these people are too. So realize the most number one important asset is you and you've got to take care of it. You've got to monitor it and you've got to ask people to help you. Um, and uh, that's the big thing, man. And sometimes you just might need, might need a virtual assistant, but go get a massage. Go have a spa day. Excuse me. Again, go have a spa day. You know, pamper yourself a little bit. Reward yourself. Give yourself some little rewards. Because the hardest thing to do is when you burn out being an entrepreneur is you just don't feel, you just don't feel rewarded anymore. And so go, go, go baby yourself. And the nice thing about going to maybe a spa, like, you know, getting your nails done or something like that is you can still read your emails, but you're enjoying that, you know, you're enjoying a little me time, if you will. So I highly recommend that. I highly recommend, like I said, for years I went where every weekend I just go get an hour and a half massage and I just have them just tear me apart. I get, I get like these, uh, these lesbian female bodybuilders that had these arms like the Russians, like we will crush you and your little man body. And uh, I I love those women. I, you don't get the hot skinny women because they with the skinny arms. No, you want you want some big Russian muscular chick who's just gonna like 
twist you in a pretzel and break all your muscles down and then you're going to just leave there like a bowl of fucking jello and sit in your car and just go uh, can't feel anything i don't care um like <laughs> why is chris describing this whole episode i don't know man it's take care of yourself that's the most important thing and you want to monitor it you may want to put on your task list how am i doing mental health wise because sometimes you can go by for a while and you're doing good and then you get stuck kind of in that cyclical thinking or that rut or you're getting dark and depressed and sometimes you just need to go out and see the fucking sun <laughs> you know uh, one of the problems I have uh, with both me and some of my friends that work on computers a lot, we have to take extra vitamin D because we suffer from D, uh, vitamin D deficiency because we don't go out and see the sun. So you might want to go see the sun. Get out of your house. Go do something. Um, in fact, recently uh, I made a decision to go hang out with one of my friends. Uh, every Saturday we're going to go eat someplace different. Not the same place. Different. Every Saturday we're going to go try something new and someplace we haven't eaten before. And just to get me out of the house, to get me looking at someplace new, to kind of spark that original ingenuity of me going to the same place every time, you don't have to think about it. You don't have to experience it. You're just like, I know what I'm going to do. You just, you just fly through it. But the beautiful part is, is, is if I go someplace new, there's new challenges, there's new uh, paradigms of, of thought and belief system I have to do, food to discover, and discovery is fun because that's part of the things that I love about being an entrepreneur. So anyway, long in the tooth here. Hopefully you learn something and uh, be good to yourself. And like I said, remember, you're the number one asset in your company. And if you don't take care of that asset, you're going to lose all the others because uh, being sick or getting hurt or losing your mind and up in the funny farm probably won't help your business much. <laughs> anyway, guys, be well. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.